0: Welcome to Devotions in the Deep End. I'm Cam Buchanan from Mount Gambier, Australia, and this is my quest to teach the whole New Testament as deeply and helpfully as I can. So grab your Bible and a beverage of choice, and let's take a few intentional minutes together in the Deep End. Welcome back to Devotions in the Deep End. As we follow the narrative of Jesus' life and ministry in the Gospel accounts, it seems we are now entering the third year of this journey. This appears to be the time where Jesus is getting his disciples a little more ready for what they are being called to do. And in the last episode, we had a brief look at some key concepts Jesus needed his disciples to grasp at that time. Those concepts again, compassion, shepherd, and harvest. We will now read on. As Jesus begins to give these disciples a taste of what that harvest looks like with first hand experience. Let's read together from Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 to 15. Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles first, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James son of Elpheus and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions, Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message, The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey, or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for workers are worth their keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there, and stay at that person's house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that home or town. Truly I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the Day of Judgment than for that town. If this is one of your first times listening to this podcast, I will invite you to check out episode 33 later on. This takes a look at all 12 disciples in detail. They are all mentioned by name in this passage, but the work in exploring them all is already done in that episode. What I can add further at this time is that these disciples are given significant power at this time as they prepare for mission. The actual power that Jesus was using to demonstrate who he was, was now being delegated to some degree to these apostles. Think about that, the power over Satan, the power over sickness and even death that Jesus had was passed on to a dysfunctional group of relatively new disciples to administer on Jesus' behalf. And now they are about to put this power and spiritual authority to use. What we are reading in this passage is the first ever short-term missions trip in the New Testament. Since it was a short-term thing, it was to be offered to a deliberate group of people, to Israel alone. Those who in Jesus' estimation were a shepherdless flock at this time. These were people who would to some degree be softer to the message, people who would believe if someone actually told them the truth. This was of course not the end game of Jesus, and we see ever so clearly through later scriptures that the whole world was going to be reached out to at some point. However, these Jewish guys who had been thrown together from all sorts of backgrounds weren't quite ready for that just yet. This trip was clearly intended to be done in short bursts. The idea of not taking extra clothing or sandals or a food bag was all about being in the safety of townships and villages come nightfall. It was intended that they would be looked after and they would see the hand of God at work in and through them throughout the whole time they were on the road. They would certainly have needs along the way, but the Lord himself would show that those needs would be met as they travelled. In fact, as we explore Luke chapter 22, we see that Jesus reminds them of this trip. He asks them, When I sent you, did you lack anything? To which all the apostles were able to answer, no. And as they are being commissioned into this mission trip, they are given a key message. The kingdom of God is at hand. Again, this is the same message that Jesus has been preaching. Not only are the disciples being given Christ's power, but they are also being given Christ's message. For a year or so, the disciples had been hearing Jesus talk about this one key element to a people who had been eagerly anticipating the arrival of that very thing. Jesus was in effect speaking in an entry-level way right into the middle of their theological context. Believe it or not, This subject was being talked about over a beer at their taverns and over the Galilean dinner table in addition to religious and political circles. To Israel, this was a really big deal and pivotal to their understanding of God. We've already heard how messianic expectations were running at fever pitch back then. The disciples were on a not-yet-completed journey through that theological understanding themselves. And now they were being sent to journey with others about the same thing. Their lessons would be identical to the ones Jesus himself used. And finally in this passage, we see the disciples are given some very clear guidelines to ensure their personal mission effort was done in a God-honoring way. In particular, Jesus tells his disciples to find an honorable house and don't depart from it until they left town. In the Jewish context, it was common for well-meaning people to put up fellow Jews who were passing through their town. Jesus and his disciples lived that way and they enjoyed the hospitality of many. This was an intimate thing which could create a special bond which both parties would value greatly. Jesus told the disciples to enter a town and find the first good people who would take them in. This had nothing to do with financial status or anything, but about the state of their hearts towards them and the kind way they would be treated. And they were instructed to stay with that household until their time of ministry in that village was complete, even if a bigger or richer house down the street presented them with a better offer. Jesus then goes on to say this, if you leave that house through their rejection, not yours, leave the judgment to God. Jesus says here to shake the dust off and move on. Travelling rabbis were known to shake gentile dust off their feet before they walked back into Israel in an attempt to keep the foreign and the sacred apart. In Acts 18 we read that Paul shook his clothes in front of a Jewish crowd in Macedonia because of their rejection of the gospel, and he moved on to the non-Jews in that region instead. He proclaimed his innocence before God and simply looked for a more noble ear to preach to. So as this mission trip begins, the initial instructions to Jesus' disciples are this. Walk in the power and authority you now have in me. Proclaim the same message you have heard directly from me. And engage with people in the same way that you have done with me. If a home is open, proclaim peace on that home and stay till it's time to go. If a home or indeed a village is not responsive, shake it off, move on, and let God deal with them. There is more instruction from Jesus to consider in this commissioning time, but I'm going to deal with that in the next episode. For now, let's reflect on these initial things together. When I introduced this idea of a short-term mission trip at the start, I knew that this might immediately conjure up ideas of going to remote locations and doing some sort of missional work elsewhere. I personally engage in these projects myself with my congregation, with some great friends being made particularly along the Thai-Burma border. But what if we looked a little closer to home as we consider this topic? What if you saw your own neighbourhood as an opportunity for short bursts of missional activity? It's relatively common for churches here in Australia to essentially commission their congregations into mission each and every Sunday. One common way this is done is with a sign in the car park or even the church foyer that alerts those leaving the premises that they are now entering their mission field. If we relegate mission to something we do everywhere else but where we live, our Christian expression, as well as our local neighbourhoods, will suffer. So as Jesus commissions his disciples to initially reach their fellow countrymen, I wonder if you could read it the same way for yourself also. You have been commissioned to mission in your own context and location. So, with this established, let's consider the other things Jesus says and does here. First, are you walking in the power and authority that Jesus has given you in order for missional activity to flow well from you? In Acts chapter 2, we are shown that the Holy Spirit descended on the church for the purpose of empowering them for mission. We've also been reminded earlier in our study of Jesus' ministry that if we ask the Father in heaven for the Holy Spirit, He will answer that prayer. Dare to ask, then dare to walk. Second, are you aware of the message Jesus has for you to share? The message of the kingdom is essentially the ways of God as told by Jesus, with an invitation to come under the reign of Christ. The Australian missiologist Michael Frost describes the mission of the Church as the announcement and demonstration of the Kingdom of God, coupled with this invitation to let Jesus reign in our lives. I would also include the word anticipation to the idea as well. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that God's perfection of all things is coming, and our own growth to maturity is an anticipation of our perfection in this Kingdom. And as we consider our message, are we also aware of the questions of the world around us? In the first century, the kingdom of God was a hot topic in every setting. How might the message of the kingdom merge with conversations now in your local context? How can this message speak to the spiritual questions of those around you? How can it speak of hope in a world that is increasingly uncertain? And finally, what might stick with one house mean for you in your local context? Let's face it, our short-term missions endeavours are probably not needing that sort of hospitality. But there's a few good principles to take from this. One principle is this. The first person to show interest or engagement in your message is the one you need to stick with for a significant portion of time. If you are angling for somebody with seemingly better prospects in your estimation for any reason, don't do that. If someone is open to the gospel through your influence, no matter who it is, treat this with the sacred respect it deserves. Your faithful presence in that setting is proclaiming God's peace on them, and it will be fruitful if you stick at it. Another principle is this. It has been said by some scholars that the house these disciples were able to rest in would become a base for their mission in that region. Our local expression is unlikely to utilize homes in this way, since we have a home of our own to rest in. However, I did get to thinking over this, and I asked myself a question. Is there a place today that serves as a home base for modern missionaries committed to reaching their local village? Is there a place today that sent disciples like you and I can go and recharge in safety, while rubbing shoulders with people who believe in us and are committed to our shelter, our rest, and our nourishment. To me, the local church is certainly designed to do that. So in light of that, let me encourage you to lean into your church community as a place of peace which gives you rest and a helpful base for mission. And if your habit is to hop from one to another on a semi-regular basis, can I encourage you to stick with one solid community, Your local missionary endeavours will actually flourish when you do that. So as we end this episode, let me remind you that you are a sent person, commissioned for mission. The nations might not be your destination, but your local shepherdless community certainly is. Walk in power, use all of the message of the kingdom you know, and commit yourself to learning more as you go, and stick with the task as long as people are open to hear. And if you do get rejected, that's okay. Quietly and without ceremony, simply shake the dust off and move on to other hopefully more open hearts. Let God deal with those who don't want to hear just yet. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about this podcast and other ministries I'm involved in, go to my new website, www.ministryinthedeepend.com.au. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube. So please like, follow, subscribe, connect, and comment wherever you can. I look forward to catching up next time. See you then.